What's up, everybody? I hope you had an incredible Thanksgiving yesterday with your family, and I have an incredible episode for you today. I have invited my powerhouse student, Sierra Scacco, to come onto the show, and Sierra is going to talk about two different topics. There's actually going to be a part one of this episode and a part two. Let me tell you about Sierra. Sierra is a business coach who is an expert at helping other coaches scale their business so that they can make more money in less time. Now, when it comes to making more money in less time, that means that you also have to be really fine-tuned and locked in when it comes to your productivity. So let me tell you what part one my time with Sierra is going to be about. First off, she is going to be sharing how to get more done in less time, all things productivity hacks for online coaches who are also stay-at-home moms. Sierra shares in the show that not only does she run her online coaching business, but she also is a stay-at-home mom to two littles. And so she knows all the things about getting tasks done in your business during nap time. And so she's going to share some of those productivity hacks with you today. That's part one. Let's get into it. Hey coach, welcome to the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. Are you ready to get more consistent, high ticket clients in your online coaching business without having to go through exhausting flops launches? Are you constantly searching for podcast episodes, looking for that key to unlocking $10,000 months in your business? Do you have big dreams of becoming debt-free, going on more family vacations, and staying home with your kids? But right now, your business isn't even breaking $2,000 a month? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, before I was known for being a high-ticket sales expert for online coaches, and before I founded my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, which offers some of the best marketing and sales strategy in the coaching industry, I was just your average online coach, struggling to get by. I didn't know how to get clients, make consistent money online, or get out of the painful cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and drowning in debt. And to make matters worse, My husband and I were struggling through years of infertility and needed tens of thousands of dollars to grow our family. Oh, and on top of that, student loans and credit card debt. Needless to say, financially, we were a sinking ship. My business needed to make money. My family depended on it. That's when I discovered the art of how to close high ticket sales. And the best part, you don't need thousands of Instagram followers or ever have to struggle through another duct taped Instagram launch ever again. In this podcast, you'll find practical sales strategies to use in your own coaching business, biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, and a healthy dose of tough love. Because one thing you need to know about me, I don't sugarcoat it. My ultimate goal is to turn you into an absolute powerhouse at selling your high-ticket coaching online so you can be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your clients, and create life-changing impact for the kingdom of heaven. So grab your Bible, your laptop, and let's get to work. Because you were made for this. Sierra, I am so excited for you to be on the show today. We're going to talk about so many amazing topics that I know that I'm interested in, and I know that the listeners are going to be interested in. You guys, 
please let me introduce to you Sierra. She is an incredible woman. She's an incredible online coach and she's a student inside of High Ticket Powerhouse. And it has been such a joy to get to know her as a person and to get to watch her just flourish as a business owner and an online coach. And to tell you a little bit about Sierra, and then I'll turn turn it over to her and, and let her tell you about herself. Sierra is a business coach. Specifically, she specializes in helping other online coaches scale their businesses so that they can get more done in less time and make more money in less time. And one thing that I want people to understand is that business coaches in the sense of, you know, like when you go to the doctor and there's doctors that are like, there's foot doctors and there's heart doctors and there's like lung doctors. There are different types of business coaches. Okay. We have specialties just like doctors have specialties. My specialty is supporting the new online coach who needs to get those foundations laid and wants to sell high ticket and sell high ticket one-on-one coaching. Sierra is your go-to woman when you are, you have that steady cash flow and now you're ready to start hitting those 10K, 20K, 30K, 50K months in your business. And you don't want to feel like you're grinding all hours of the day to do so. So without further ado, welcome Sierra to the show. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much. I am so, so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell, tell the, tell the audience a little bit about your journey in the online coaching space, like how you got to be in this place of help of being an expert at helping other coaches scale their businesses. Cause it's, it's one of those words that's like very trendy in the online space. Like, Ooh, I want to scale, but I don't know that a whole lot of people actually know how to do it. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, to answer the first part, I kind of got into this scaling realm, I guess, through, I I started my business as a copywriter. So my son was like six months old and I was like, I need something to kind of bring in some income, learned about online business. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is perfect. I get to stay home with him. I get to do something that I enjoy. And I kind of realized a couple months in, like I was, I'm the type of person who gives 110%. Like if, if I want to do something, I am going to do it right. And to me, that meant working every single second of every day, every nap time, long into the night after my husband went to bed. Because I thought in order to be successful, that meant I had to put in more hours. And it got to a point where I really just kind of burned out. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. I am miserable. I don't like my business. But I knew that this would be the best way to be home with my kids and still provide for my family. So I had to like flip everything that I knew about running a business, about staying organized, about doing everything and figure out what would work for me. So I went through all the planners. I tried all the different tips and hacks and really came up with a system that made sense for my particular circumstance of having a little baby at home. And that would still allow me to grow my business because yes, the family came first, but I still wanted to, to give a hundred percent to my business. So how could I do both? And as I created that system, I realized I could teach this to other people. I started helping like people in a, a different group program that I was in and it just kind of naturally became what, what I was good at and what I wanted to continue doing. So it, 
like like you said, when it comes to scaling and this word gets thrown around a lot, as soon as you start your business, you're thinking, how can I scale? But really there's a time for scaling and there's a time for, for building. And I think that's where having those very distinct areas of you need that foundation first. You need to show that you know what you're doing. You need to have an offer that you know works. And then you can worry about scaling and multiplying your efforts and getting a a bigger return for what you're already doing. I could not have said it better myself. And I love that you differentiate between what is building and what is scaling because uh, Alex Hermosi said, uh, I'm not sure if you know, he's a really great, yeah, he's he's an expert in the space. He said in his book one time, if you don't have any clients, what are you scaling? Like, and, and I get it. Like there's the excitement of like wanting to like come out of the gates, scaling your business. And like, you know, you see the, 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 the bios where people are like zero to hundred K in six months. And I don't doubt that they did that. And that's incredible. That certainly wasn't my story. And it's not the story of a lot of coaches. And so what would you say, you mentioned a couple things, like the building phase is meant for creating an offer that, you know, works. I I'm paraphrasing here, but like getting cash flow to to actually come in the door so that you can get out of panic mode and scaling your business, it's going to require some cash flow. Like you're going to have to make some investments. You're going to have to consider some team building, which I don't want to get ahead of myself because I know that you're going to walk us through the four steps to scaling a coaching business here in a little bit. But what would you say is like the key characteristics that a coach would experience that would like tell them, Hey, I'm ready to step into that scaling season. Like, what do you look for? Yeah. So when you have, like you said, you have to have a a solid offer. And so once you have like the results to prove like that, that's something that I look for very first. Do you have a solid offer? It doesn't matter, you know, what type of offer it is, as long as you have the offer and you have results that show that it can do whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. The other thing that I really look for is essentially you should be hitting about those five to 10 K months when it's time to scale. Because like you mentioned, you're going to have some investments you're going to need to make as far as a team, as far as platforms and and systems to really grow. Now I, I take a very budget friendly um, focus because I feel like you don't need all of the bells and whistles in your programs and systems. However, you are going to have to pay a little bit to make sure that your systems are functioning the best way possible. Cause that's our goal is to not have to be doing things manually. The other thing that I really look for when it comes to like, it, it's time to scale is you are feeling overwhelmed. So it's becoming too much because th- there's really only so many hours in a day. And so if you are working six, seven, eight, plus hours every single day in your business, one, you're going to tire yourself out, especially if you are also a mom and you have other responsibilities. And two, you can only take on so many clients at that point. There's literally only so much time that you have to put towards your clients, as well as all of the backend things that you need to do to keep your business running. I mean, there's outreach and there's creation of offers and like, all the things in the background that you 
can't also do if you are trying to make more money and fill your schedule with clients. So if you're getting to a point where you're feeling that overwhelm really setting in and feeling like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to take on more clients, but I do want to increase my income, that is probably the the cherry on top that it's time to scale. Yeah, 100%. I love how you phrased it. And okay, so we kind of touched, we scratched the surface a little bit of scaling, but I kind of want to back up a little bit because I know that there's two main topics that you're going to hit on today for our audience. And actually, listeners, we're going to turn this into a part one, part two for you um, so that we, well, you know, got to have a little teaser in there, right? Can't, can't, can't have everything in one episode. So we're going to split it up a little bit. The first thing that, that I'm going to have Sierra walk you through is how to get more done in less time, specifically talking about productivity hacks for online coaches who are also stay-at-home moms, which I know represents a lot of you here listening. It's it's about to represent me here in about less than six months. And I would be lying to you if I didn't have a little bit of like panic when I think to myself, oh, how am I about to have a baby and a brand new baby and still continue running this business and not have it just fizzle out. And it's so funny because like that fear comes up for me. And like, that's why I started the business in the first place. Like I, the goal was to have a baby and to be able to stay home with that baby. And so things are going as planned, but now that it's like here, my brain is like, you've never done this before. How how are you gonna be, how are you gonna get all this done in less time? So Sierra, let's start with that conversation. However, you want to break it down. What is your go to in getting more done in less time? Specifically speaking to the mom who is running her business and she's staying at home full time with her littles. Yeah, there are there's so many places we can go with this. Um, I think the very first thing that. I want you to know is if you have your kiddos at home, your clients are going to be key. And and I say this because you want to make sure that the people you have that you're working with, that you're coaching are understanding of that part of your life. And if they're not, then they're probably not your client because the truth of the matter is you can implement all the hacks. You can do all the things but there's going to be days where your kid just needs you or you're going to have to have, you know, someone join you on a on a call or whatever might happen and so having a good client base that understands that is is really really important. Um but to kind of take that a little bit step further and and talking about those things that you can implement into your your workday and just kind of setting yourself up for success and being able to do more in less time. There's, and I'm, I'm trying to think if you have talked about this before, I believe you've mentioned the Pareto principle, which is the 80, 20, also called the 80, 20 principle, which is, I think you and I have talked about it, but yes. I don't know if I've actually talked about it on the air. Okay. So, okay. So let's assume that I've never talked about it on the podcast. Explain to people the 80, 20 principle. Okay. So the 80, 20 principle is essentially 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your actions. So you could be doing dozens of tasks in your business every single day. But the reality is only a fraction of those are actually moving the needle forward and directly relating in more money in your pocket. So when you think about that as a mom as well, 
it's really, really important to figure out what that 20% is and focus on just that 20%. Because yes, there's so many things you can do. You can do a podcast, you can have a YouTube channel, you can send out three emails a week. That's all great stuff. But are those things actually directly relating in your business growing? And if they're not, then maybe it's time to, and I know we'll talk about this later, but maybe it's time to either hire out someone to do it for you or stop doing it for a little bit. And the reasoning behind this is you, like like I mentioned before, you only have so many hours in a day. And so you want to make sure when you are in a season of scaling and in a season of, of kind of pushing for these bigger dreams and goals that your efforts are focused. And so you are able to separate time with your kids, time with your family from time in the business. So that would probably be the, the, the baseline is figure out that 20%. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's such a good, good place to start. Let's dig into that a little bit more. So 80% of the results are going to be coming from 20% of our actions, which can we acknowledge is a little bit humbling because I don't know about anybody else, but my pride wants to believe that every single thing on my task list is a must complete, has to be done. The the, the things are going to start crumbling down if I don't finish the whole thing. But the reality is like, no, like probably even most of the things on my task list. And one of the best questions that I've I've gotten to the habit of asking myself is, okay, we're going to go into this day with a game plan and we have full intentions of completing it. If life happens today, I'm going to ask myself the question, what's the worst thing that happens if this task doesn't get done? And most of the time, nothing is the answer. Nothing happens if a podcast doesn't, if podcast doesn't go out on Monday. If it goes out on Tuesday morning instead of Monday morning, guess what? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And so how do you identify, and maybe it's different from coach to coach, but like if you were to sit down and audit somebody's business, how would you go about helping them identify what is that 20% of action that actually moves the needle forward? Yeah. So when you're looking at your business, and like you said, it's kind of different depending on each person, because maybe for someone that email list is bringing them like cash every single day. And so they do want to focus on that. But I would say just as like a broad blanket of like what you should look for. It's the tasks that if anyone else were to come and and do it, it would not be the same. And, and so if you have to be physically present, if your specific touch is the thing that's going to make or break a task, that is where I would say, focus on those. And I, I think this is where it kind of gets a little tricky because people like to say, Oh, well, I, no one can do it as good as I can, right? Like when it comes to everything, especially like when we, like our businesses are our babies, we like to keep it close and like do everything ourselves. And when you can kind of separate yourself from that and realize, okay, like, yes, I I could do all of these things. And yes, like technically no one can do it as well as I can, but do I need to do this in order to see success? So like coaching calls, obviously you got to be there, right? Um, creating the, the offers or the like content for like courses or, or calls or anything like that, you would need to come up with the ideas, but could maybe someone else handle 
like the actual creation of your presentation or something like that. And so, yeah, essentially it's what do you personally need to be present for and focus on those. That's super good. That's super good. And and I love how you have a, such a, such a focus on money. And I think in the, in the Christian space, this can kind of get a little funky because I don't know. I don't know why it just like in, in the believers circle, like sometimes like the conversation of finances can just be like a touchy subject. You know, people have different thoughts around money. However, the reality is if you're a business owner, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> our, past, our pastor said that last week and he wasn't just talking to business owners a couple weeks ago. He was like, yeah, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Like at some time, at some point we have to acknowledge that, like you can't Yes, you were given these gifts, but you can't just like hand them out for free. And it boils down to asking the question, is XYZ action the best use of my time right now? And I love how you boiled it down to like, you know, if your email list is a direct source of income, if you are selling two or three copies of a course every single day from your email list, then guess what? Your email list is, is probably one of, part of that 20%. But if if starting a new LinkedIn account that isn't currently bringing you any income, it probably isn't in the 20%. Like not to say that you can't expand to other platforms, but like, especially if you're in a season of raising littles or in all that comes with that, you really got to hyper-focus on that 20%, get that cash flow coming in. And once you have cash flow coming in, then setting aside a wise amount of that cash flow, not all of it, but setting aside a certain percent where you can invest in the growth. And maybe that looks like investing in ads. Maybe it looks like investing in a mentor such as yourself that can actually help guide a person through the scaling process so they don't throw their money away. Or maybe it's investing in a virtual assistant, whatever it is. We have to have cash flow first if we're going to scale. And again, I know that I keep kind of tiptoeing into the, into the conversation <laughs> of scaling here, um, but that's really, really good. So okay, first thing that we got to do if we're a stay-at-home mom and running this online coaching business is recognize that 80-20 principle. 80% of our results are going to come from 20% of our actions. And those 20% of our actions could be unique to each person, um, but it's also directly related to what actions are bringing you the most direct income source. Super right. good. What do you think about the schedule? Can we, can we open up the conversation of a schedule? Like if I'm a brand new mom and I'm going to plan out my week, and I got a newborn baby on my hip, how would you guide me through planning out my work week? And let's assume that I knew what the 20% of those actions were. Like, how would I go about, like, do I time block? Do I set a, like a timer? Like, how do I do this? Yeah, there's, there's a couple different ways you can approach it. So I tend to veer towards the, the side of like, obviously whatever works best for you. So personally for me, time blocking, I could not make that work. However, it is really, really helpful for other people. The system that I really like to implement is, is similar to time blocking. Um, I like to use what I call um, flexible routines. And essentially, and this is why it's it's so great for that new mom, is you can take these chunks of what you need to do. And I like to break them down into like 20, 30 minute chunks because honestly, like in an ideal world, you would have four straight hours to just knock out everything on your list. But with a baby, it's just not going to happen. I know for me, 
I have my toddler and I have a nine month old. And so I probably get like 20 to 30 minute chunks of uninterrupted time, uninterrupted being like, I can like have to only help with like a snack or something um, before they need my help. And so I implement these flexible routines where I know in that 20 to 30 minute chunk, these are the one to three tasks that I would do in that time. And I would get to my 30 minutes. Okay. Like now I'm going to go spend time with the kids. I'm going to make them lunch, whatever I need to do. And that's really helped me, especially recognize, like set those boundaries between mom life and work life. And it's, it's so hard. And that's, that's why I say it's, it really depends on like the person and what makes sense for you, because some people need more focus time. So then we look at, okay, so how can we make that focus time? Can you get up an hour earlier or stay up an hour later? Can you have someone watch your kiddos for a couple hours on a Saturday and you can just spend that day knocking out all of your, your focus tasks. The other thing that I really like to do is separate those 20% tasks into, how do I put this? Like very focused, focus needing tasks and ones that I could do multitasking. And it's, yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Right. It's like, it, it it's really hard. In, and I hesitate to say multitasking because a lot of people say, oh, like you can't multitask. Like that's just not a real thing. And technically like, no, you're not going to have a hundred percent attention to whatever you're doing in that multitasking time. But as a mom, you have to be able to juggle multiple things at once. So if that means that you're responding to Instagram DMs while you race around a car with your kid, like finding ways to do multiple things, or maybe that's you're doing dishes while you're catching up on a, a training or something like that, you know, finding ways to combine those less focus intensive tasks. So then that way, when you have those chunks of time, you can spend them a hundred percent focus on what you need to get done. That is so good. And it reminds me, I'll tell you my, this is my maternity post-maternity leave game plan. And you can kind of, build, you can like audit me here on this. So what I was thinking with Luke and I and our baby coming in April is I was thinking about, okay, what do I, what do I need a hundred percent focus on? Well, I need a hundred percent focus on my coaching calls and I need a hundred percent focus when I'm recording a podcast, like it, it just doesn't work. Like if my, if, I, if you and I are here in a recording interview and then, you know, I, I start to have a crying baby, you know, I could, I could pause and that will probably happen. But like, realistically, like it'd be really great if that didn't happen, but really those are the only two tasks that I can think of, like actively coaching and recording a podcast where I actually need a hundred percent of my devoted attention where if I was to create a reel, I can create a reel while my baby's watching a cartoon. I can respond to DMs um, when I'm outside on a walk with a stroller. Like those are tasks that, yes, require attention, but they don't require 100% of my brain power to be focused on that one thing. And so what I was thinking, and this is where you can like audit me on this, is I think that I probably need about two days. I need like, a, I need a nanny in my house two days a week for two five-hour stretches where I can have one five-hour stretch just set aside for coaching and one five-hour stretch 
for podcasting or any miscellaneous thing that didn't get wrapped up from the, the previous. And, and everything else can be done during in between nap time because they're not scheduled events. Like my powerhouse coaching calls are every single Monday at XYZ time. I don't have certain times where like I only respond to DMs here or I only respond to client messages here. So knowing that you are the productivity expert here, audit me on that. Is that a good game plan? Do I need to shift my game plan? You tell me. No, I think it's, if you can get the help, that is 100%. Like having a solid support system while you're trying to run a business and be a mom and do all the things is is crucial. So I would say, yes, having that those set two days where you can knock out all your stuff. And that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, if you have to step in and, and do something like you 100% can, like if in between calls or whatever, mm-hmm. but that allows you to have the peace of mind, like your kids taken care of, you don't have to stress and you get that focused time to run your business. I would also add, and this is a personal preference for sure, yeah, because yeah. I have had to record so many podcast episodes holding a baby and it is, it is a hundred percent rough. And I would say if you can prevent that, then absolutely like have someone take your kid, whatever you got to do. But for those times, and if anyone else listening is like, I can't get the help right now, find ways to either work it during nap time or something that I do. I got like this standing desk attachment for my table and so then I can stand with the baby. I can bounce around and I'll just kind of, I, I have a wrap and I keep the baby wrapped up and they'll just kind of sleep on my chest. So then that way, if they're fussy, like I can keep them there and no one, no one knows that yeah, can hear that beauty. I have a baby there. That's the beauty of the podcast. <laughs> like nobody can see you. Like I right. look like a hot mess right now. Sierra's the only one that sees that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like finding those little ways. Oh, another one. Um, some like whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding or whatever you do with babies you can still use that time to also get a little bit done so like I know for me because you're up at like 2 a.m with a newborn and you're like I need to somehow stay awake how the heck am I going to stay awake and so something that I would do in those early months is I would spend that like 10 to 20 minutes where I was nursing and just come up with content ideas. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't have to like put it together or like do anything crazy, but like, I would just like allow that time to be like a brainstorming time. Mm-hmm. So in that way, when I have my focus time during the day in those five hours where you can get stuff done, then you can really just nail, you have exactly what you want to do. You just got to put it together type of thing. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Okay. So let's kind of recap this. Number one, Actually, it was was the very first thing you said is this is not a copy and paste thing for everybody. Like what works for Sally is not going to work for, you know, me or vice versa. So do what works for you. Number two, implement flexible routines. Recognize that as a mom staying home with the littles, you probably are not going to get that perfect four hour time block that, you know, sounds really nice. But it probably just isn't like effective. Like maybe at most like a few hours if you have both both kids kiddos napping or one kiddo napping and like they don't wake up early. Like you're most likely like plan on like twenty to thirty minute blocks, and then knowing what twenty percent of your actions are really moving the needle forward, so you can fit them in in those twenty twenty to thirty minute blocks. 
And then I think I got, I think I got this. I think I got the last one that you said is knowing like what tasks of those 20% are going to require hundred percent of your brain power, like your coaching and what tasks can be done while baby's watching a cartoon or while you're nursing or while you are on a little stroller walk? Like what, what can be done with 60% of your brain power? That's so good. Is there anything else you want to add to that? And you're thinking productivity hacks for online coaches for stay-at-home moms. I would just say like, recognize like there's beauty in the flexibility. Like it may seem I, and I know I've really struggled with this. Like it's going to seem like your world is crashing down because you can't get anything done that day. And you mentioned this earlier, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I don't get this done today? And 99% of the time, nothing wrong is going to happen. So enjoy the flexibility. Remember that if you were still trying to, you know, if, if you're running a, your business from home with your kid, like you would normally have to be outside your home to like be able to make the money that you're making right now. So it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. So good. Okay. So this is a perfect time, I think, to shift a little bit and go into part two of our topic where you're going to outline for us your formula to scale. Alrighty, coach. That's where we're going to cut off this episode. That was part one where Sierra shared how to get more done in less time as an online coach who is also a stay at home mom. Now, part two is going to be just as good because this is where Sierra is going to be sharing her four steps to scaling a coaching business so that you can make more money in less time. Stay tuned. Hey coach. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll see you in the next episode.